This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 68 of the Animaniacast. Now, Mindy, I want you to stay right here and play with your choo-choo whistle. Mommy has a bad headache from hearing it. (coughs) No, Mindy, darling. Now, Buttons, Mm -hmm. don't you let Mindy get her nice, clean clothes dirty. And, Mindy, keep your hands clean. Okay, lady. Not lady, Mom. Okay, lady, I love you. Bye-bye. This is a test. This is only a test. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that is dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we give every episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. I saw The Last Jedi over the weekend. (laughs) Very good. And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. I love Yoda. (laughs) So (laughs) we just wrapped up our little uh, Last Jedi talk, which you can actually listen to if you listen to all the way to the end of today's episode, um, because we figured today's episode, you know, we may not have that much to talk about. (laughs) Because So we figured let's have a little extra bonus kind of thing. So if you you want to listen to some of our thoughts about The Last Jedi then uh, go ahead and uh, stay tuned after the credits today to listen to that. And just a warning, major spoilers. We don't spoil everything in the movie, but there are spoilers in this one. So there you go. And if we wanted to, I could probably talk about the movie for three hours easily, but we only talk about it for about... Let's just do that instead. No, (laughs) because today we are going to be talking about episode 68 of Animaniacs, which features the segments... We're No Pigeons, Whistle Stop Mindy, and Katie Kaboom, The Broken Date, as well as some... I forgot there was a Katie Kaboom. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) As well as some filler stuff as well. So, uh, guys, if someone were to ask you about this uh, this episode in a few words, what would you tell them? Nathan? Um, I would say it's probably like the third episode of season two. (laughs) (laughs) And Kelly, what would you say? I forgot there was a Katie Kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> so a really rem- memorable episode here. And Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? All right. So this episode first premiered on November 5th, uh, 1994, which was a Saturday. Um, there was the same day that George Foreman KO'd Michael Moorer to win the Boxing Heavyweight Championship. And that week we had uh, movie releases like Tim Allen's The Santa Claus and the uh, interview with a vampire. Anyone seen that movie? Nope. Yes. Okay. Oh, really? It's a good movie, Joe. One yes, one no. I read all the books, too. Oh, really? Yeah, my my wife read, read the books. And then we, I haven't, the only movie of that series that I've seen was a horrible one, which was like Queen of the Damned or something like that. I, I saw that movie and it was horrible and I know it was a horrible uh, representation of the book as well, apparently. But yeah, 
Well, I, I just saw the Santa Claus last week again because it's on Netflix. So that was fun. There you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Because, the, yeah, there, there we go. There's our Christmas thing. Because this episode's coming out on Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas, oh. everybody. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Go watch them up at Christmas Carol. Yeah, watch them up at Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. Uh, <laughs> there goes Mr. Humbug. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's interesting. This movie, this movie, this episode came out on a Saturday. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Last week, no, they've all been coming out Saturdays. Really? Yeah. Because I'm yeah. totally like, I totally that went over my head. I didn't even realize they're, that they're going to be on Saturdays for the rest of the show until like I think there's a Monday in season five or something. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into today's discussion. Uh, let's start off with a very familiar segment that we all love. It's Newsreel of the Stars. Ooh. Newsreel of the Stars. <laughs> and I don't really know what to say about Newsreel of the Stars. Even it's, I, I, I wish we had a count of how many times it's been on, but I don't know. A lot. Some would too say many. too many, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the the variable is here's the show's namey. It's like, oh, come on. So they just recycled the the intro from a, a different episode and just pasted it onto this one. Real easy. Well, it still had that. Stu- it has the doesn't have Clint to play the sax still. So That's it's... true. Never mind. It's a totally different intro. uh but let's go ahead and talk about some of the filler before we get into the main segments and the main filler that we have of course in today's episode is a bunch of mime times it's mime time and the first mime mime time uh has uh swimming in an imaginary ocean and the mime uh is swimming and he gets covered with the ocean like a big giant tidal wave or tsunami or something happens to him the next time is uh, walking an imaginary dog, and he's walking, and all these sudden these like Doberman pinchers come out of nowhere and attack him. <laughs> and let's see, there's also driving an imaginary car, where, and then he gets hit by a, a bus. And I think the the reason for that is don't you know be driving an imaginary car sitting in the street. Uh, that goes for you as a mime or just you, you know, just in general. Don't do that, folks. He was doing a good job with the car, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, you like think he's like floating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice he was floating. I thought he was actually I mean, sitting on the street. Like he's, it just looks like you he's bought you bought into the illusion right there. Yeah, Very good. Exactly. <laughs> so and then the last one I thought was I thought was kind of cute. It was uh, pitching an imaginary baseball game. And the mime gets hit with a baseball and goes flying like hundreds of feet into the sky. We got hit really hard. Mime time's never been the most the funniest uh, segment for me. But what do you guys think of any of those? The best one? What do you think? I like the one with the dogs. <laughs> Why do you like the one with the dogs the most? Because dogs. Because dogs. And Nathan, what about what about you? Um, oh boy, I don't even remember the baseball one, but I guess the uh, the dog one was the most memorable one. Like, 
of the four of them. That's funny because I think the most memorable one is the baseball one because I just like how he gets hit and goes flying back. I just I made me yeah, chuckle I a little that bit. One. Yeah, made me chuckle a little bit. But yeah. but it's mime time. I, I know that you know mime. It's I was thinking on the way over here. It's just like mime humor or making fun of mimes or and stuff like that is kind of an antiquated thing. I think we talked about it a little bit. Like you don't see stuff on sitcoms and stuff like that anymore about making fun of mimes and how annoying they are and and things like that it seems like i saw a lot more of that it's probably not pc to make fun of mimes anymore i guess it's (laughs) it's not pc to make fun of anything anymore i don't know it's it hit the mime it's funny maybe there aren't any mimes anymore yeah they all went (laughs) extinct it's very sad They all, you know what happened? There was that big, uh, there was a horrible uh, thing that happened. They all got trapped into a glass box, invisible glass box, and they all suffocated in their own invisible box. It was a very, it was a very sad day at the mime convention that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of the first cartoon, and it is called We're No Pigeons. And We're No Pigeons was written by Deanna Oliver, and it was directed by Alfred Gimeno. Kelly, tell us, what yes. happens here in uh, in We're No Pigeons? The good feathers are hanging out, and there's a little bird. I think he's, is he an owl? Yeah, he's a baby um, owl. This little owl comes, and he says he's he's looking for pigeons. And the good feathers say, well, we're not pigeons, you know. We're nothing like pigeons. And Bobby's like, yes, we are. And they're like, shh. And uh, so he said, are you sure you're not pigeons? And they respond with, no, we're macaroni birds. And which I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) And um, so they convince him that they're macaroni birds. And he says, well, what, you know, what does a pigeon look like? And they started describing it. Well, you uh, macaroni birds know what a pigeon looks like? Yeah, sure. Forget about it. Pigeons dipsy doodle around on pointy toes. They got uh, stubby molars. Some got antlers up top. Bip, 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 you can't miss them. So he comes back with a, a skunk, which is Pepe Le Pew. And <laughs> Bobby gets right up under his or tail. Or squit. And, oh, I'm sorry, squit. He gets right up under his tail and um gets sprayed. That's a skunk. It is? Yeah, you can always ID a skunk by his bushy body and white stripes. And it has two glands near the inferior extremity of the alimentary canal, which secretes an extremely offensive-smelling fluid. Uh, squid. Squid. Don't do that, squid. Hey, uh, oh, squid. So then the owl, then they describe another animal, and he comes back with an elephant, I think was the next one. And I, I don't understand why he came back with an elephant, because it sounded to me like they were describing a rooster. Yeah, he showed like a rooster, like comb on his head, and he said appendages mm-hmm. everywhere. And for some reason, beaks appeared all over Pesto's body. And he got more arms all of a sudden. Like, it showed, <laughs> it got really weird there for a second. Listen, Al, for the last time, pigeons are uh, big, real big. They got whiskers thick as my head poking out of their skulls. They got noses all over, and their torsos are bloated out with appendages. But I thought he was going to pull up. I thought he was going to take, bring a chicken or a an octopus or something out. Because he said he had yeah. appendages everywhere. And I was like... How does that equal an elephant? But whatever. I guess with the trunk, 
Um, yeah, maybe. So, um, but eventually, because I, I guess they're just, you know, t- tired of the ruse, they finally admit that they're pigeons. And um, they, they say, well, we're good feathers. And so the owl says, well, I can't capture you because we have a, an agreement with, with the god pigeon. But then he says that since you lied about being pigeons, you're probably lying about being good feathers, too. So I'm going to capture you anyway. <laughs> and lying. So the, there was a slight moral in there about making like Squit was very adamant that they shouldn't lie and it will get them in the end. And sure enough, it did. And uh, there you go. So that's our Good Feathers cartoon. They got dragged to their deaths. The end. Um, no. <laughs> uh, well, um, cultural references. I could think of really one off the oh. top. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, it's uh, the late night show. Exactly. And David Letterman and Jay Leno. Yep. That's our Creatures of the Night. That was our only cultural reference that I could see. In this whole cartoon, uh, you know, I guess Pepe Le Pew, I guess you could say that's a cover. Even though he didn't quite look like Pepe Le Pew. He looked a little cuter, I guess, if that's even possible. But that was a disgusting moment for me. <laughs> See, that spray, it like was a cloud of, it, it was like, it was different than any skunk uh, spray I've ever seen in any like Looney Tunes-ish cartoon before. Usually it's just that cloud of stink. But it was liquid too in this one, and it was just really. And there was like a puddle of liquid covering all of them. It was just really gross. Um, what yeah. do, you, do you guys think? What were uh, in in this? Oh yeah, and I, okay. I'll give it one more reference, and it's, it's you know it's it was kind of obvious to me, but it, this was like a foghorn leghorn cartoon, you know, with the with the chicken hawk, baby chicken hawk. Uh, saying, I'm a chicken hawk and I'm going to eat you. And of course, like Falcorn Leghorn would have these cartoons, at least one or two, where he would say, oh, no, I'm not a I'm a, not a rooster. I'm not a chicken. I'm a whatever. And he'd tell him basically to go after the dog. I'm a chicken hawk. I'm after my first chicken. A chicken, eh? Well, I'm a horse. I say, I'm a horse myself. <laughs> But I've seen a chicken. I say I've seen a chicken around here. Pay attention, Sonny. Somewhere. Chicken? Chicken? Oh, yes. There's a chicken. I say there's a chicken for you. This boy doesn't pay attention. Nice four-legged chicken. Go on over. I say go on over and taste him, kid. You'll like him. Ooh, that's the biggest chicken ever I see. So round, so foam, so fully packed. Ow! I think those are probably funnier than yeah. these good feathers. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, especially uh, the the uh, voice of the the uh, little owl was not featured in. I thought, oh, is that one of the Ruger kids? And it's not. It's um. Gabriel Luke was the name of the uh, actor that did the voice of Pipsqueak. And I'm not sure if Gabriel was related to any of the writers or directors or anything like that. but uh, Or if he's just a child actor that got the part. But there you go. Voiced by Gabriel Luke, who hasn't really done much else. So I wonder, where are they now? Gabriel Luke, if you're <laughs> listening, <laughs> write us. Animated. Call in. Call in. We'll wait. <laughs> We're going to wait right here by the phone. 
Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Uh, well, guys, any any moments in this cartoon? I think I already went over the the parts that I thought were kind of co- kind of cool, which was just the spraying of the skunk. That thought that was kind of gross and a little bit funny. Um, any moments that stood out this funny? Any moments that you thought were kind of cool? I liked how educational in parts it was when Squid was explaining exactly what how like uh, skunks glands work and things like that. That was <laughs> nice. That's true. Uh, he did. He did have a nice vocabulary right there. If he, he knew stuff. I thought his hand looked weird when he grabbed that tail because it just got like huge. But the good um, feathers, feathers or hands are they do change yeah. often. And he had good facial but, expression at the end when he was getting caught, getting in trouble with Pesto, which Pesto yeah, for calling him honorable, which I thought was kind of a lame kind of what do you yeah. like? That was not the best, you know, you know, what do you mean by that? Things like basically saying you're calling me a judge. Like, I'm not exactly sure. Like the last, the one from last uh, week was really good, which was uh, like the softy, you know, and saying like, "Oh, you saying I'm ice cream and everything like that?" Like, yeah, I, exactly. I, I thought like the that. honorable was funny because as soon as the the word was said, I was like, "I see where I know exactly where this is going." <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into on to our discussion of the next cartoon, and it is entitled "Whistle Stop Mindy." And Whistle Stop Mindy was written by Tom Minton, and it was directed by Greg Reyna. And Nathan, what happens in Whistle Stop Mindy? Well, we have a Mindy and Buttons cartoon, and in this one, Mindy has a little train whistle that she's been blowing like like crazy, and her mom is getting a headache, so she puts her outside and tells Buttons to make sure she stays clean. And Mindy sees a train go by with a big whistle and uh she's like oh man i want to go there and then luckily another train comes by to pick her up off of the mail rack hook i guess it's called i don't know something like that and uh buttons chases after her uh catches up to the train somehow that's pretty awesome and (laughs) really ran fast (laughs) exactly and uh so uh mindy's walking through the train trying to get to the front and on the way she finds like uh one of those uh, things that keeps the trains together, like one of those bolts, the giant bolts, she's shiny bolt. She gets her hands dirty, so she goes washes her hands. Some lady helps her wash her hands. Very nice. Uh, meanwhile, Buttons is climbing underneath through the toilet and uh, gets flushed down because the woman thinks that he is a uh, water rat, I think was the word. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. And, and uh, so eventually... Buttons catches up to Mindy at the final stop where uh, she's climbing through some coal to get to the whistle. And uh, Buttons gets covered in coal himself and buried beneath it while Mindy's trying to jump up and pull the whistle. Some guy starts shoveling in coal, almost shovels in Buttons. Oh, no. Sees Buttons, faints. Uh, Then Mindy grabs the whistle, pulls it, and Buttons grabs her and uh, jumps out the window with her. And they're hanging outside the window until they uh, get caught back on that mail hook and back into the yard. And Buttons gets in trouble for getting Mindy dirty. The end. Nathan, that is an excellent summary (laughs) of what happened. I, 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 wow, you, you paid very, you took very good notes on that episode. I mean, 
I didn't mention everything. Mindy also talked to some guy. Uh, yeah, and the train. Asked him the, why a bunch. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to. Hey, that was actually a good why because you actually got to figure out, you know, how she gets back because they they're at the train station and they're going to turn back around again, and that's how she got home. So I exactly. guess plot wise, I guess that why sequence was actually useful. Hi, Mister Man. What you doing? Getting ready to let all the passengers off. Why? Because we're coming into the station. Why? So the engine can turn around. Why? For the return trip. Now skedaddle. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. Well, this one, this cartoon apparently takes place uh, in 1942. The title card has 1942 (laughs) written on it. And the music is very kind of 1942-esque. The mother, the mother, uh, is wearing... Kind of like those stockings where you kind of see the seam in the back of them. So apparently this this cartoon is definitely taking place in the 1940s where people, you know, would have trains just in their backyard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mindy uh, was very surprised. I guess the trains have never come by the house before because this train whistle. She's like, ooh, I'm like, don't those just happen every day around your house, Mindy? I don't know. What do you guys think? What are some moments that you, you thought were, were cool? Uh, Kelly, what about you? Um, I thought it was kind of funny when Buttons was in the toilet and that lady that was helping Mindy at the sink was yelling, like, toilet rat or what, what is she called? <laughs> Water rat, that, yeah. That Water rat, something like that. And she was, like, freaking out. And, of course, she had to flush him right down, like, off of a bridge. Like, he just fell right <laughs> out. I thought that was kind of gross, like him going up through the, the pipes in the bottom of the <laughs> the thing right there. So, um, Nathan, what about you? What did you like about this cartoon? Um, I like that it's, it's another case where if Buttons just didn't do anything, I think Mindy probably would have been fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that Mindy uh, knows that her hands get dirty and she wants to wash her hands. It's kind of funny. but <laughs> Yeah. And uh, Mindy didn't seem too dirty. Her clothes didn't look dirty at the end. I thought that was an animation mistake. Yeah, they kind of probably made her like a little more like more coal, like put some soot on her face or something like that, I suppose. Right. Um Yeah. The the one thing I really liked about this cartoon was probably the music, like the clarinet uh, playing. And oh gosh, I can't even remember the other instruments that were really uh, prevalent in this, but a lot of clarinet and uh, it just really sounded uh, kind of like a retro kind of swingish kind of uh, music going on. So I really enjoyed that. I thought the music in this cartoon was was quite good. And, you know, anytime in Midney and Buttons cartoons, the music seems to carry a lot of the action. There's very little dialogue. And so I thought the music was really, really nice in this episode. Before we wrap things up, we have just a couple more things to talk about. And the first one here is another Katie Kaboom episode called Katie Kaboom, The Broken Date. She's Katie Kaboom, Katie Kaboom. She lives in a house with a garden in bloom. Her family knows that anytime soon, the little lady Katie goes kaboom. Katie Kaboom, The Broken Date, was written by Nicholas Hollander, and it was directed by Gary Hartle. And Katie Kaboom is basically uh, waiting with her family for... uh, 
her boyfriend to come over and uh, he is one minute late. And she says she got stood up. She turns into a giant green goblin. And she really does look like the green goblin from Spider-Man, I think. Just huge. And uh, the whole house kind of blows up. Things are exploding. Uh, going out the window. There's like different colored smoke. And uh, of course, the boyfriend walks kind of oblivious to all of this stuff. As You know, things are flying past him on fire. Walks up to the door, knocks on it, and says, Hey, Katie, I'm here to pick you up. I'm sorry I'm late. And she says, I barely even noticed. And they walk off, and it's just a phase. It's just a teenage phase is said again. And there's our Katie Kaboom. Uh, okay, here we go. Gotta say something nice about it. <laughs> what is something? Nathan, what did you like about this Katie Kaboom cartoon? Uh, I liked Jimmy Stewart impression that was in this. Is that new? I don't know, but I, know. I liked it. Uh, Mary Hart does the voice of the mom in these Katie Kaboom cartoons, and she has been in many uh, movies and commercials and stuff like that throughout the years, uh, playing uh, various uh, mother characters. And so I always like hearing Mary Hart's – I'm sorry, not Mary Hart. Mary Gross uh, is the voice of yeah. I was confused because I was like, Mary Hart's the lady that was on entertainment. Tonight. Exactly. I'm like, Mary Hart. I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. Mary Gross. <laughs> it was Mary Gross. So she was on set, uh, Saturday Night Live as well. And she just has that kind of, well, you know, the voice that you hear in the cartoon is uh, <laughs> is what you get <laughs> in her a lot of her performances. She really nails that, that oh, oh, dear, kind of mother voice. <laughs> um, Kelly, what would, what would you say nice about the Katie Kaboom cartoon? Well, I mean, I I could completely relate to her watching the clock and realizing that someone's like a minute late because I'm I'm all about punctuality, <laughs> and if I'm waiting on somebody and they're late, I I probably get in kind of a little bit of a rage myself. <laughs> um, so I could relate. It was relatable. It was relatable. Um, the animation on this was kind of weird. It was done by freelance animation again, and whenever freelance you're supposed to say something nice. Well, okay. Uh, what was nice was uh the the animation when she goes up to her brother, uh, and the brother's reaction I thought was very cool. And it, I even though I haven't seen, <laughs> I I thought it looked kind of cool. Um, the the house, even though I haven't really seen Poltergeist, the house kind of looked like Poltergeist as he was walking. You haven't up. seen Poltergeist. I haven't seen Poltergeist yet. Well, I, have you I seen any seen movies? No, I saw Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I said at the beginning. Of oh the yeah, show. that's right. Uh, Poltergeist is so good. Well, I gotta watch it. So anyway, that just kind of felt like going to a haunted house kind of. Uh, scenario you know to me when he was doing it. so i thought that kind of looked cool but again the animation not the best uh at all uh it, there's there's some the whole cartoon like just looked like it dim you know like the colors just kind of seem muted and almost like we were watching it through some weird instagram filter or something like that so i don't know exactly what's going on uh with how these were uh produced but it just looked a little off and a little shaky too. I think there's a part where they're talking at the breakfast bar and like I could for a split second I saw the the cells like jump up or down or the background jump up or down for a split second. So it I don't know. It it has its moments, but I'm not this is probably my least favorite Katie Kaboom cartoon we've seen so far. Um but that's all. Sorry I couldn't say much positive stuff as I wanted to on this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> Calm down, Katie. You're overreacting. I am not overreacting, Mom. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up. One last thing. We have the Wheel of Morality. Gee, Echo, I'm confused. What else is new? No, I mean about today's show. What was the moral of the story? Good question, Wacko. And to learn the answer, let's consult the Wheel of Morality. Today's moral is moral number two. And I'd like to see a count of how many times we've gotten moral number two. (laughs) (laughs) on this show um uh, the today's moral number two is don't spit in public which is good advice but i don't know if it's necessarily a moral but it's definitely good advice don't spit in public um you know unless you're don't spit on the sidewalk definitely i think that's illegal mm-hmm. in the state of arizona back from cowboy days when you could spit tobacco or something on the on the sidewalk but um there you go wheel of morality what do you guys think um, I, I don't like spitting, I guess. <laughs> Excellent thoughts. It, it was a good moral. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, like... you know, I don't know if it was so much, it's, I don't know if it's so much a moral, it's just an instruction for life. Instruction for life. I would like to see, um, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but I would really like to see fortune cookies made with just wheel of morality things inside of them. Like you open up the fortune cookie and it just says, don't spit in public. I think that would be pretty funny. Make it so. <laughs> yeah, we can do this thing. Come on, folks. Uh, we, we Maybe we can get a fortune cookie sponsor to sponsor us, and then they can make those Animaniacast Wheel of Morality cookies. They'd sell like hot cookies. Anyway. That'd yes. <laughs> so all those fortune cookie uh, manufacturers out there listening, Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. How many fortune cookie manufacturers do you think there are? <sighs> Too many to count. I mean, they're always listening. Well, and they're all listening to us, too. Yeah, it's exactly. Weird. We have this weird <laughs> contingent of people. Well, let's go ahead and get straight on over to our water tower rating. <laughs> Okay, guys, out of five water towers, how many get, How many would you give this episode? Kelly, let's start with you. Uh, three. Three. Okay, why do you think that? Um, it was okay. Uh, you know, I mean, it, the Good Feathers was kind of funny, and um, but it had Katie Kaboom, and I don't like Katie Kaboom, and um. Buttons and Mindy wasn't a really standout one, so it was just, it was okay, but, um, I mean, there was nothing terrible about it. All right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in the middle, because I don't know if I've ever gone in the middle. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's two. I'm gonna say it's a two. Like, like, moments of it, I actually think the funniest line in the entire thing actually happened outside of the major episode, and it was just at the very end at the water tower, where they said, uh, did somebody step in something? And they all look at Yakko's foot and they go, ew. Uh, I thought that was the funniest part. <laughs> that was the, that was the part that made me wow. laugh the most in the whole episode. So I, I gotta give us, I don't know if I've ever gotten something on the show lower than a, uh, 2.5 or a two, but this is, this is pretty low for me. This is a two. Um, Nathan, what about you? Um, I will be consistent and give it a, two and a half and i just looked and you gave one other episode 63 a two with 
three, you get Egg Roll, Mermaid Mindy, and Katie Kaboom. Oh, see, the okay, one. then that other one should have got a two point five because this one, <laughs> this one is definitely lower than. I know, I wonder, than that one. We all gave that one two, so I wonder if I should give a two to this one. I mean, I, but mm. I'll I'll do two two. Uh, no, I'm gonna go with two. I'll give it to two as well. You've convinced me. All right, all right. So there we go. go. Let us know what you think about today's episode as well. You can let us know on Twitter. You can let us know on Facebook. uh, Or you can email us, animaniacast at retrozap.com. Now, speaking of letting us know about stuff, we actually have a little bit of listener feedback from last week's episode. And this comes from none other than Mr. Mike Russo, who (laughs) wrote the... A uh, blog that we very, you know, often go to of Hello Nice Warners to kind of give us a little bit of follow up information on what we were talking about. So one of the things we were talking about was in Miami, Mamma Mia. We talked about the music. We said, "What is that music from?" And we said, well, "I don't know what it's from because it's very, you know, feels like they're referencing something." And he said that it is from the movie Free Willy. And that would make sense because the dolphins were, you know, swimming in the ocean. And why wouldn't they reference Free Willy? You know, it's a Warner Brothers cartoon. And there you go. Or not a Warner Brothers movie, I mean. So anyway, Free Willy. I've never seen Free Willy. So I don't know why the music just... (laughs) I guess the music just felt like it should be referencing something other than something I actually recognized. So there you go. Every Nathan Kelly, have either one of you seen Free Willy at all? Yes, oh. I've I've seen parts and I've heard the Michael Jackson song. <laughs> Michael Jackson has a song on Free Willy. Yeah, it's yeah. a good song. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, Mike Russo then later uh, commented on our Facebook page of last week's episode, saying, "Now that I listened to the whole thing and heard your ratings, I can say a little more. Keeping in mind, I know you guys have read my scathing review of this one on my blog." I suppose it's possible to be much easier on this episode if you already know what you're ge- what you're getting going in, especially if you're marathoning the show. But I saw this one when it first aired, after waiting all summer for more Animaniacs and hoping for stuff like Pinky and the Brain, Slappy, TMS Japan, and Startoons Animation for a new season. I, again, I'm with you, Mike, on that one. <laughs> like. <laughs> waiting for that summer for new episodes and then we kind of get this it's a it's uh i could see how that could be a letdown imagine getting smacked with this episode especially with no idea that this was just leftover stuff it left a bad impression that stuck with me over 20 years and the next two episodes didn't help ouch (laughs) so i i don't know i i i the more i i thought about especially pigeon on the roof the more and more i like it i mean i've been singing those songs in my head all week now <laughs> so i i've i really like i gave it a i gave last week's episode i think a 3.5 i it might be kind of pushing up to a 4 just because pigeon on the roof is just growing on me so much um but you know thank you mike for the for your your opinion right there and anything you guys want to add about that at all uh, I also like opinions. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can share your opinions as well. Like I said, going over to Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And who knows? You could even send in voice messages too. Those are awesome. And who knows? You might just hear your opinion 
voiced on the air, recorded. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to our poll results from last week. Hello there, this is the announcer. Here once again from the North Pole. I finally got out from that bumble or wampa, whatever that thing was, and I've been taken now to an island of misfit toys where, unfortunately, they don't have a very wide selection of holiday movies. In fact, all we've been watching for the last 48 hours is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians on a constant loop. It's, um, interesting. Well, anyway, this theme song keeps going on and on, too. Well, anyway, here are your Animaniacast Twitter poll results. Listeners were asked, which of these is the best hashtag good feathers cartoon in hashtag Animaniacs? Hashtag Animaniacast poll. 12% said Miami Mamma Mia. 13% said with three you get egg roll. 34% said girl feathers. But it was 41% that picked raging bird. Well, now it's off to the studio and I hope this song wraps up soon. So, until next time, Merry Christmas! All right, so the winner of that poll looks like it was Raging Bird. Uh, what do you guys think about Raging Bird? Is that a is that one of the standout Good Feathers episodes? Of those four, for sure. Um, it was nice getting a Rocky reference. Um, yeah, I like yeah. this. I like how the sparrows came back in that one a little bit. They were in the background, I believe, of the of the boxing ring, and you got to see a lot mm-hmm. of different birds, which was kind of cool. Kelly, what do you think? Epic West Side Pigeons. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was not part of the poll. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I still pick it. Okay, so okay, she she <laughs> she's that's a write-in ballot all of a sudden. Well, I think what, we can't do that. No, not this time. No, eventually we will. When we take all the winners, we will you know put down the best Good Feathers. Uh, cartoons yeah. all together and West Side Pigeons, I'm sure we'll, I think we can call it right now. We'll probably be the winner. <laughs> uh, cause it's such a good cartoon, but, um, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So let's go ahead and get to this week's poll. Nathan, what do we got? All right. So the question is, uh, cause this is pertinent to the episode, uh, the best game for Animaniacs in the future if they make a game for Animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, it was just best type of game you know we couldn't think of anything so this is really good okay so <laughs> uh would we want like a board game or maybe like a video game for like a console or maybe like an iphone app game or perhaps like a card game is that do every, every kind of game sure those are four game? different kinds of games and i could see animaniacs be uh, made into those different things so what kind of yeah, game play any of those we're talking yeah. about merchandising merchandising yeah right now so what kind of Animaniacs game would you like to see in the future? Um, that's what I'd like to see all those things. But um, yeah, go ahead and make your voice heard. Head over to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacast poll. Let us know what you think. What what are those you would like to see as a game? What kind of game format, I should say, would you like to see? Well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? 
Hey everyone, I'm on Twitter. You can find me at JangoFT. That's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course email. I'm going to say it now for probably the fifth time, Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. Speaking of RetroZap.com, hey everybody, head there for some awesome stuff. So whether it is Star Wars discussion, which we'll have a little bit more of in just a little bit after the credits, or pop culture in general, RetroZap.com is the place to head because there's great articles there every single day and podcasts as well covering everything you possibly want to listen to. Just subscribe to the RetroZap feed on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and you'll be able to check it out. Well, let's go ahead and close things up for today. So until next week, this is Joey. And for Kelly and Nathan, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. The end. All right, well, t- right now, this is uh, the post-credits talk with me and Nathan. Oh, we- people are still listening? Yes, exactly. I don't know why, but they are, because we are going to talk about <laughs> our thoughts about The Last Jedi. dun dun dun, dun. Yeah, that's right. Kelly got to do it last week. We didn't get to say anything, because yeah. we hadn't seen it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tends to happen when you don't actually see anything. You can't really say anything about it. But I wanted to say so much. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and talk about our thoughts. And, you know, obviously, you know, you can if you're not interested in this, just, hey, skip forward. You don't have to listen. Just we'll see you next. Yeah, this we'll see you next. Probably going to be spoilers. So, uh, oh, definitely, definitely going to be some spoilers here. So, Nathan, let's get let's get right into it. I've already I've already been on a, a couple different uh podcasts. We were, I was on the I was able to be on the Retro Zap uh, roundtable uh you know, discussion about the last Jedi that we had a few weeks ago, or actually just a week ago. <laughs> and uh, then later I was on uh, Tim and Kyle's uh, podcast, the Star Wars, the saga continues. I was on one of their YouTube talks. So I've already talked like over and over and over, but I'm curious. I haven't talked to you about it. What did you think about the last Jedi? I thought it was overall a good movie. I think. <laughs> I was a, I was I was torn after leaving it like cuz there were lots of surprises or things that like didn't necessarily like like the last movie didn't lead you to believe like that was going to be what was going to happen. So it was definitely like they they definitely turned in a different direction, which whether that's a good or bad thing, I guess is up to the I think that's why like have you looked on Rotten Tomatoes and Oh seen, yeah. Like, yeah. So like the critics like 97% right around that area. And then audience was like right around 56. 57. Yeah. But there's also been some reveal that some of that bad score on Rotten Tomatoes is probably from 
uh, a bit of bot spamming as well, you know, because you know, mm. you know, angry fans when they get angry, you know, they they want to they want to really make their voice heard, and so what do they do? They they get uh, spam robots to help do negative reviews for them over and over and over again, thousands of times. So I don't even yeah. think that's a I don't think that's a valid um, audience reaction. But yeah, they they've they've been able to determine that a lot of those reviews are actually fake, which is just okay. sad. It's like really those people had to spend that much time in their lives to. <laughs> they hated it that much, they hated that it. and it's so ridiculous. Like... Um, I've I I. I liked it a lot. I, I it was I've said before that it's the most challenging uh Star Wars movie I've seen, I think, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Probably not since The Phantom Menace. Because when I left The Phantom Menace, you know, I left it going, that was cool, but was that really Star Wars, you know? I I really liked Darth Maul and really liked yeah. all those moments, but I was like, but that was so different visually. It was just so different than the original trilogy and i was like okay but by the time the revenge of the sith came out i was totally into that feel of star wars and everything and yeah i think this sequel trilogy it started off in a very familiar place you know it started off like kind of feeling like okay this is original trilogy feeling uh with little bits of the prequels sprinkled in but it very quickly diverged from what you thought it was going to be and wouldn't you know it there's a lot of surprises like you said um basically every time it was you think the director is signaling i'm gonna go this way he goes the other way yeah exactly you're like i know what's gonna happen next and then like okay that nope okay that does not that was not supposed to happen uh okay (laughs) but but overall i think it's a good thing though that they that he did that right i'm glad he took like chances with it because i was i was not in like too happy like i liked force awakens but i didn't like the whole death star thing at the end like and that that's i like that this one didn't feel like a, a star wars movie necessarily i couldn't be like oh it's just like a empire strikes back and exactly like you know return of the Je-. you know i was like oh, yeah. okay there were some similarities here and there with uh you know being brought to snoke and everything like that scene felt somewhat reminiscent of like return of the jedi oh definitely definitely um but then like just I don't know. I was definitely not expect. I, I thought Snoke would be in the next movie. And I mean, I guess I, 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 he could still be, but I doubt he would. Oh, be he's dead. Movie. That guy's chopped yeah, in exactly. half, and his tongue's hanging out of his face. Well, yeah. So let's talk Darth about that Paul moment where you, you were. Yeah, that's what Snoke is really dead. I mean, <laughs> he's really, really dead. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing was saving him at the end of that. So, did, did we mention spoilers? I... <laughs> oh yeah. Well, spoiler discussion. Yeah, but you know, okay. I think we'll. I know. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what was it? What was something that was? If you're going to point to your favorite moment in the film or something that really stands out, what was what was a favorite moment of yours? I, I think that light speed, just the the visuals of that. I, I think visually overall, like I, I can't say anything bad about them because it was just everything visually about it was very awesome you know the yeah. so when she goes into light speed and it just silence because it's space but also speed of light and all that i don't know it was really cool i went to ludicrous then, speed exactly <laughs> um and then like luke facing off against the atats and everything like that was a really cool visual scene just the one person it was kind of like the man standing in front of the tank kind of thing like it was it was very 
very cool. Like there was lots of scenes like that where it was just yeah. very neat. Well, I that that Luke scene at the end, um when he when he's coming out, I mean, Jackie, my wife Jackie was you know, saying, you know, I never really thought of Star Wars as a as a western until this this episode because everybody she's like everyone says that star wars is a western in space and i i didn't really get it like i'm like whatever but that scene is very western and i thought about it, it was like absolutely because these are two people kind of like you got the good cowboy and the bad cowboy and the town square luke comes through this hole that could resemble the saloon doors in a way and then everybody like the townspeople are all watching sometimes from like windows above and everything and i'm like that really does kind of feel like kind of a western in a way where you had the spectators watching the showdown um going on it felt very samurai-ish too mm-hmm. now yeah the force powers themselves i thought i was impressed by them i just thought that is so cool uh what did you think what did you think about the force powers that were exhibited in this movie I, I thought they were very neat. Um, people, I know a lot of people are complaining about Leia uh, flying through space. She's not which, okay. I mean, she's not flying well, through. I she's gotta, not flying. She, okay, but, let's pull. The, let, let me let me get to this. This upsets <laughs> me. I know that you're not saying she's flying in space, but this yeah. this is not. People are like talking like she just used the force to literally fly or move, like push herself forward. She's pulling herself towards the door. She reaches out mm-hmm. her hand and just. You're in space, zero gravity. So you, like, instead of pulling the, the door away from you, you pull. You know, she's just pulling herself. She's she's holding onto the ship and pulling, like, it towards her, and she ends up moving towards it because of mass and, right? It makes sense. Yeah, I would think the ship would also move towards her, kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. you know, they move. They both move towards each other. Yeah. <laughs> so that that to me, I just thought was such a cool moment because I thought that was how Leia was going to die. Yeah, personally, and yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, but I, I also was like, this this isn't how she's gonna die because like, I, at least not originally because she was supposed to live through the whole thing and they kill her in like ten minutes into the movie. Like, kind of yeah. sucks. Um, well, here I'll ask you something. Joey. Okay. Um, were there any parts in the movie that you didn't like or that you would have changed if you had directed or written the movie? I don't know i mean i i personally i know some people didn't like how luke acted in this film but i personally did because he showed character growth a lot i think um mm-hmm. but i don't know and coming in on the line hey there's kelly kelly was already in the show i know we're we're recording <laughs> right now kelly a post uh there you are yeah we're yeah please join in the conversation because <laughs> We are recording a Last Jedi uh, talk that we're gonna, we're putting after the credits right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was just saying that I don't know if there's anything I would really change in this in The Last Jedi. Um, I, I don't know. Some of the can- some people complain about the Canto Bite kind of things is pointless. And to me, I see mm-hmm. that as not really necessarily pointless because it's it's uh, all about lighting the spark of rebellion and everything with those people there on that planet. And I think it serves its purpose. Yeah, I'm guessing they'll show up again. Yeah, even if not them, then similar people like them. You know, it's, it's, and it's meant, and it meant to show that, you know, you know, just reinforce that theme that was even seen in Rogue One that, you know, not, you know, just because you think you're on the good side doesn't mean you're necessarily on the good side. Like you're still paying these people 
money for weapons and things like that. So I don't know. I, I still saw a little bit of a purpose there. So maybe I would have changed a little bit of the Cantabite stuff, but eh, you know, I still liked it. Um, Kelly, is there anything you would have changed in the in the Last Jedi? I would have changed the way Leia um, got sucked out of the ship and flew like Superman. <laughs> See, well, I was just talking about that. See, she didn't fly. She pulled herself, though, right? She just reached out and grabbed that door handle and just used the force. If she's pulling, then it just pulls her towards the ship, right? So... Yeah, but I... <laughs> I think they could have made it visually better. Yeah, or something. There's probably something they could have done to. Yeah, and but... I, I think it would have worked better had she been conscious when that happened, and it, it's just I know she's super powerful because she's a Skywalker, and you know obviously she's got force abilities, but for someone we've never seen demonstrate force abilities to be unconscious and frozen and be sucked into space, where you know, I think in real life, if that happens to people, don't they explode or something? I mean, it's no, you it's, you, you don't, you don't. You have oh, okay. a few seconds. Yeah, you, that's just movies, you would die right? of suffocation before yes. okay. anything else. You don't. You don't. You're that's a that's a old wives astronaut tale. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, for her, you know, you could see her skin. The ice is building up on her skin, and you, it just she's unconscious, and then she she pulls herself to the door it's just um it's not that i don't think she'd be capable of it but i it it's just hard to imagine leia with those kinds of abilities when we've never ever seen her do anything other than sense people yeah well i'm i'm personally glad that they did do that though i i don't know because i'm glad she survived oh me too i i was i didn't want to see her go out that way like admiral akbar yeah. Why did they have him in the movie? Just yeah, especially because you know the original voice of Akbar had passed away, so they had to put Tom Kane in there, who voiced Yoda, of course, in the Clone Wars and stuff. And so Akbar sounded a little different. So I'm like, well, why did they even have Akbar speak at all? Like, anyway, I guess that's yeah, one little I thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I felt that was kind of, I mean, poor Akbar. <laughs> well, I would. I would have rather, I mean, why not have him in Rogue One? He would have been great in oh, Rogue yeah. One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, anyway, let's, let's, overall, though, if you're give, well, uh, let's, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and wrap, we, wrap up our talk. Did I miss, did I miss the most important part of the oh, discussion about? Oh, what's, oh, not at all. Kelly, okay. your favorite moment. We, yeah, we did not talk about this yet, so. Okay. Oh, Yoda, please. <laughs> I, I wasn't surprised. I kind of knew um, because, you know, I, I sensed it through the force. But, um, yeah, when he came on, I kept waiting for him to show up. And when he finally did, I was crying tears of joy. And the second time I saw it, I cried tears of joy. Like, I hardly even heard a word he said because I was just crying. And then I was laughing because he was adorable and I wanted to hug him. And um, he was perfect. And I people are complaining about Yoda and I was like don't even go there Mm -mm. this is Yoda in a Star Wars film after many many years and (sighs) it's all I needed I loved your uh the little feature on bigshinyrobot.com where it was you know it was you guys talking about 
the movie and your thoughts about it. And it was uh, Brian and who else was on the, the little um, Iris? Iris. <laughs> they were both yeah. mentioning that they you know, there are some things about Yoda that they didn't like, and I just like your comment. Like I'm just going to forget that you guys <laughs> said all that about Yoda. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. I I love that he. Was, I mean, he was Empire Strikes Back Yoda. He was mm-hmm. he was familiar and adorable and perfect and frank oz voiced him and that's all i need and we got some good yoda quotes in there too about (laughs) page turners they are not (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness i Uh, love it yes so anyway let's 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 go ahead and give uh let's go ahead and give last jedi a water tower rating why the heck not so out of Let's give it out of... Oh, we always do it out of five. Let's give it out of five water towers. If you were to give The Last Jedi the water tower rating, what would it be? Let's start with Nathan. Nathan, how many would you give? I'll do three and a half. I like that they uh, stuck with what they were talking about, how they had to, uh, in the past, kill it if you have to, burn it down, and they kind of, you know, they wanted to go in a new direction with this Star Wars movie, so... All right. Yeah. I'm going to give it, oh, I really want to give it five. I'm going to give it four and a half just because I, I'm i just curious to see where they're going to go with the next one, and I might go up to five. But I will say this, every time I've seen, I've seen the movie two times, but I like it more every time I see it, and every time I talk about it and discuss it, I like the movie more and more and more. Uh, so if you if you're one of the folks that, did not like the film. I just really suggest seeing it again. I know people are like, why do I have to see a movie again that I don't like? It's like, well, look, <laughs> take my word for it. See it again. Some of the, some of the, you know, abrupt turns you'll be expecting this time. And then I think you'll be able to take in the movie for what it is. And hopefully you'll like it a little bit more. Uh, Kelly, and if you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> <laughs> then don't. Well, whatever, Nathan. <laughs> so, Kelly, what about you? I'm going to give a six because Yoda. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. So that was our last Jedi discussion. And uh, that's it for this week. With the th- we'll, we'll have another Star Wars discussion maybe after Han Solo. Who knows? <laughs>